Well, COVID or no COVID, 19 or 20 or 21, well, we really don't care much about that because it's time for us to have a technology conversation where we talk about solutions and how technology is bringing smiles across the world and trying to find solutions where there are problems. Welcome to City Trends. My name is Philippa Sean and City Trends is sponsored by First National Bank. Big question now, why let your business settle for less when you know you can get a lot more, especially when you consider getting a lot more with First National Bank? Come on, go ahead and go beyond banking with a digital partner that understands your business. Let your business bank the better way with a business account from First National Bank. The First National Bank business account is more than just an account because it is a portal that gives you access to tools designed to propel your business. This includes features like the award-winning online banking enterprise, the straightforward global payment solution, trade solutions, and merchant services. All of that geared just for you you can choose an account that suits your particular sector no matter what sector it is they have you covered visit firstnationalbank.com.gh and opt for um one of the consultants to call you back and you know they basically work all your issues out alternatively you can pop into any of their branches at their crow mall um, junction mall makula mall west hills mall achimota mall Temak, Temak community 11 gian towers um or their head or uh, office branch at Accra financial center and um you know they can sort you out alternatively considering the times we have now you can just download the app and just do everything you know on the phone or just log on to their website and you should be good to go they know that business means much more to you than just business that is why they are here to help you first national bank is a subsidiary of the first run group of south africa first national bank how can we help you share your thoughts and opinions on the show via the whatsapp number 054-998-6996 tweet at us using hashtag city has your computer developed a problem you don't understand is your phone refusing to respond is there a computer virus you're battling with are you having problems signing into your account share your tech problems with city trends and we will get the experts to help you solve them send us your problems via whatsapp number 054-998-6996 you can also send us a tweet using the hashtag city trends
Well, on the show today, we speak about how technology is helping in the fight against COVID-19. My guests in the studio, Patrick Beatty, Andrew, Andrew Quow, and Edward Longstaff. We have the app segment, the trending segment, and your tech segment as well. Well, before we begin the conversation um, with my guests in the studio, we are going to head on to um, join Nidako Otu with a how-to segment. And today, he is going to be um, walking you through something that can help you with regards information, uh, information flow um, regarding COVID-19. Let's take it away. Hello and welcome to another how-to segment on City Trends. Social media, especially WhatsApp, has created an avenue for quick information sharing. Unfortunately, recent happenings all over the world has brought to light fake news and information sharing. In view of our current world crisis, which is the COVID-19 viral outbreak, I am going to show you how to have the most relevant and precise information in your pockets using WhatsApp. First of all, you would want to add the special number the World Health Organization has created to help the information dissemination and myth fasting regarding the COVID-19 viral outbreak. The number is plus 417-989-31892. I repeat, plus 417-989-318. 92. I suggest you save the contact number with a name you can easily remember. Now, after you have added this number to your contact list, open WhatsApp and start a chat with that contact. The first message you should send is a simple hi. You should see a reply from them giving you a menu list right after you send your message. Go through the menu they sent to you and pick the item you would like to access and get more information on and just follow the instructions that come along. Stay up to date with the relevant info regarding this pandemic, so as not to put yourself at risk. Thank you and good evening. Well, the outbreak was declared a public health emergency um, of international concern on the 30th of January 2020. Some people have actually been confined in their homes since this particular date. Now, over 400,000 cases are said to have been reported till date or recorded till date. COVID-19 is sweeping across the world like wildfire. So many people have died, yet so many more remain in limbo because really, they don't have any idea where they're supposed to be headed. Regardless of all of this, healthcare professionals continue to fight on. Technology entrepreneurs, well, they've joined the fight. And they've been at the forefront of the fight for quite a while. Three people who are not necessarily directly involved in the fight, but then are fighting the battle in their own little way right here in Ghana, are in the studio with me. And it's a pleasure to have them with me. Patrick Beatty, um, he is, you know, the medical supply and diagnosis guy. So let's say, let's call him Dr. Patrick Beatty 
for the purposes of this conversation. Then there's Andrew, the bald one. But yeah, that's a for a little conversation. But he's he's a pharmacy, you know, guy of the three, and he's also very involved with um, public health. Now the last one, Edward Longstaff, who is the, the tech guy, um, happened to enjoy all his tech and been dabbling here and then logistics as well these um three gentlemen from of course redbird are in the studio with me and we're going to be talking about um how technology is helping the fight against covid 19 gentlemen you're welcome to the show oh, thank, thank you thank brilliant you okay so um let's start off with um one of you telling us what exactly the state of covid 19 is today from a healthcare provider or um, a solution provider point of view it, any and any of you can jump in at any point in time Sure, thank you very much. Uh, and I'll be looking for my doctor uh, diploma <laughs> on my way out of the studio. Um, but uh, so what we're seeing across the world right now is that it's it's spread all over, obviously labeled as a global pandemic. Uh, and uh, we're seeing it uh, in every location, including in Africa. I think at first people were uh, thinking that it might not become as big of a thing here, but uh, as we're seeing in, in Ghana itself, that uh, it's, it's here. One more case just reported like tonight. Exactly. Scary. Um, so it's it's here and it's growing and and uh, action has been taken, uh, which is great. And we need to keep being vigilant with that action to see if we can uh, minimize uh, the effects of this mm. and and be able to move forward. Edward. Yeah. No. It's definitely something that uh, you know is when you notice the the curve in terms of how quickly um, the cases go from you know just a couple to to quite a few. It goes really rapidly as well. It's something that uh, definitely uh, requires not just uh, individuals' attention in the health sector, um, but just across any sort of uh, field or profession uh, to sort of do what you can to chip in. If it's not even if it's just you know, you know what you're doing in terms of keeping social distance and basically health practices um, to in our side uh, technology and where technology can kind of chip in in that small way uh, to help uh, help us uh, flatten the curve. If you've uh, heard that term, I know it's it's been mm. thrown around quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're just trying to take that. Uh, uh, the impact of what's uh, what's happening and uh, see if we can do the best with it that we can. Andrew, we've heard a lot about people trying to come up with all sorts of solutions to it. People have talked about, you know, some medicines, some miracle cures and things like that. From that perspective as well, what, what can you update us with? Um, I think, um, thanks um, to your listeners, I think a lot has been done. Um, if you just draw your mind back to late December when this started coming up and you follow it through China and you see when Wuhan was totally locked down you see a lot of technology solutions a lot of solutions that have come up people volunteering um, for um, the guys who manufacture Apple things literally just switching over and then giving supplies manufacturing supplies that are needed you go across and you see a whole host of people just jumping in with solutions and people volunteering. Even in country, you're seeing people volunteering on every every front. Because, I mean, as a public health person, these are like the kind of stuff you read in books. Um, mm. And you you never would imagine in your wildest dreams that you're going to experience this. it come to you like a dream? Like you're going to just snap your finger, turn us it, and then wake up and everything is fine. Yeah, I mean, you, you hope so, um, but you look at numbers coming out of Italy, like 700 people. And I was telling people, day. that's about like, if we, when we went to basic school, that's like an entire school gone in a day. Yeah. And this is daily, like, this is really scary. Like, and I think that is calling people to 
to jump up and jump in mm. deep end like people just switching main focus main businesses and saying let's tackle this because we are realizing that this is no respect of anyone like mm. the rich the poor like um angela Merkel is in quarantine like that is scary and it's it's a lot of solutions and i think as we go through the show like you we would come up with we would talk about like some just to be very clear is there any medicine that has been made that basically cures COVID 19 just to be clear as i said today i'll say no okay. um no okay as depressing as that sounds thank you for that clarification <laughs> but i mean from a tech entrepreneur point of view as well what does all of this mean for you i mean i can understand possibly a part of you feels excited because of the problem that you can solve but then as a human as well it's a pretty scary place to be absolutely this is obviously nothing you ever would want to happen mm. um, but as uh, three people who work in healthcare and work in health tech and are constantly thinking of how uh, technology can be leveraged to improve health uh, this is something that we're, we're always thinking about and, and it's good to see that it's getting uh, a lot of attention and people are recognizing the, the power of various technology solutions. And, uh, and that's what we're looking at because the interesting thing with this pandemic is it's not just, uh, just about finding a cure. There's so much that individuals can do on a daily basis to help uh, reduce the burden. That uh, and technology can play a huge role in that. And this can be anything, when we say technology, you can be talking about anything from improved diagnostic testing to just video conferencing and the ability to still operate on a day to day basis without uh, having to be in such close contact with others and able to self isolate that way. Mm. Yeah, no, it's amazing that uh, the impact that this is, would have had did we if we not even had just the things like Patrick just mentioned, the video conferencing and the things like that. So in terms of the technology and the ability to uh, gather key pieces of data, right, because I think that's also what really helps this going on. Because if you look at the effect of the, the virus itself, it's the incubation period is one of the biggest challenges with it. Yeah. You, you can have the virus and spread it with everybody and you don't know you're not seeing symptoms and that goes on for days. And so any type of uh, information or data that can be collected and then you can apply technology to sort of gain just a little bit of an edge in terms of what you're doing, it's really important because uh, as, you know, I guess we're lucky in a sense here in Ghana that we have had the model or seen how other countries have dealt with it, right? You can see the difference in the level of testing going on in South Korea versus what's happening in some other places. Um, and the approach to it is quite different, but being able to even just have a day advance notice or warning in terms of applying a solution has proven to make a huge difference mm. yeah. and, and and for me I'm, I'm also just kind of wondering and any of you can take this like if you are a healthcare professional or a solution provider a tech entrepreneur like you guys are what's the thinking process now like what's the first thing on top of your mind in terms of finding a solution to this problem I think for us, the, the immediate place that our head went was how can we support government and the other organizations that are that need to be on the front line of this fight? The healthcare workers, um, the, the Ministry of Health, the Ghana Health Service, they're the ones who, who are, are going to be uh, really deep in this. And uh, we're a small group, but uh, the amazing thing about tech is it allows for democratization of ideas and uh, the ability to create things even with a small group that hopefully can have a huge impact for uh, for these these groups. And so 
when when you look at uh, what's coming out, it's it's still healthcare. Uh, things need to be validated. We can't rush into unproven solutions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but we can do what we can do to support, and and that's where our mind immediately went. Mm. Mm. And how receptive is government of Ghana today to some of these solutions that are popping up? Yeah, we're gonna let Andrew handle that one. <laughs> yeah, I think um, the government is. Um, w They've been responsive. Um, you've, you've seen them collaborate with um, uh, a whole host of people. Mm. Um, the challenge that um, we realize now is that they're under an, like, an, an enormous an amount of stress. Like You're having people who are not even able to have time to think through. They are living it as it comes day in, day out. Um, you see government being receptive to a lot of things we've been in some conversations with them um, on the solutions that we, we are looking at bringing. But it's, it's been hard, um, unlike normal times where you would be able to get... These are extraordinary it's, it's times. extraordinary times. And um, I've, I've had the privilege of working in the government sector. And like, these are people who are very receptive to like innovation and ideas. But in these hard times, like, it's really hard. So you really have to jump the gun, get it done, get the solution out there. Because like, no one has time to pilot anything. Mm. Like People want... Mm ready-made solutions that they can lift up and then just put into whatever they're doing and keep moving because if we slow down the disease just overtakes everyone so um if, if i may ask how it's it's one thing finding a viable solution and running with it you know but it's also a completely different thing finding a solution that is not properly tested and i have this feeling that in quite a number of jurisdictions we stand the chance of having a number of solutions that are not properly tested for the population. I'm just wondering how, like, what, how do we walk that line? I don't know, any, any of you can. The, I, so I think the first thing is making sure that each individual is aware of what's what's real, what's mm. what's real news, and, and what isn't. And that's I loved your how-to at the start of the segment, right? Mm. That's the, the WHO um, WhatsApp uh, bot is a fantastic example of fighting that fight of making sure that people know are what are the myths what are what's what's reality yeah, what's, yeah. Um, and that's that's a number one thing that we need and i think the the next thing is um as andrew mentioned government is very overwhelmed at this point i imagine uh, mm. because this is unprecedented um but uh, we can't uh, so there's a pressure to come out with new solutions and in tech everything moves so fast there needs to be from the the side of the uh, the tech entrepreneurs, anyone trying to find solutions in this, the appreciation for the importance of uh, validating what you can, mm -hmm. and uh, and so that's what you're seeing. Uh, rapid diagnostic tests is is something that I think a lot about. There are over 220 of those that have been developed for for COVID-19. Wow. Uh, what uh, you aren't seeing those in use yet because they need to be validated. And, and luckily that is happening. Um, the FIND, the Foundation for Innovative New Diagnostics, based out of Geneva, I believe, uh, has had 220 submissions for these diagnostics. They're going through, they're doing that hard work of validating. Um, and it's it's tempting to just jump right in with, the, with, the, with a solution because you can find these uh, on the market if you really look. Uh, but uh, but they need to go through that validation. So it's making sure that uh, good intentions on the technology side uh, are balanced with the realization that we this is health that we're talking about. We Edward, since you are the techie guy mm -hmm. in the room, the logistics person, what mm -hmm. what kind of tech is available today that's helping the fight against 
COVID-19? So I think that this this is actually you know really important because uh, the things that uh, that tech really can do um, that that makes a real difference is that uh, where you find uh, the overlap between what the the government is sort of able to do right. So Patrick just talked about like all right you know where the the right ministries have said okay these tests work or this is the right information that we need to know. It's the ability to in a decentralized quick. Uh, efficient fashion, gather data that's critical to making the key decisions that you need to make. Because, mm. you know, everyone has just kept saying, like, testing is key, testing is key, testing is key. But where technology, um, and again, I'm leaning back on the logistics side of things here, mm. where technology can really leverage that is is basically making the key information available to people at the times they need it, when they need it. Right. And, and again, especially with COVID-19, the ability to do some of this in a decentralized fashion, not requiring people to come to places where there are lots of people. I think mm. one of the things that um, uh, if, if I get you know personal just for a little bit, my mother and father are back home, they, they have health complications. I think yeah. they are definitely in that risk profile. And when I think of them, I, I worry about them with their complications that have nothing to do with COVID-19, forcing them to come to a facility where there's a lot of people, yeah. right? And so if you bring people to those facilities, just because they're concerned about COVID-19 and you have no other outlet to kind of do that, you're actually putting people at risk. And so the first, to answer your question, where can technology make this difference? Any way that you have the ability to sort of collect, um, you know, information that helps, uh, you know, government sort of make decisions and helps you triage things. But also at the same time, I think it was talked about a little bit as well, you know, give people a sense that like, all right, you know, someone might not be with me at this very moment, but like, I know that like there is a group of people and the ministry is there and they know my situation and they see the bigger picture and I'll get help where and when I need it. And technology does all that without you needing to necessarily put more people at risk. Mm. And yeah, and I think that's something that that's uh, we that's what really excites us. Right. We're not trying to sort of solve the entire problem, but it's that that part of things that uh, can make a difference. But I mean, from from any of you, from your looking across the globe currently, Obviously, in terms of information dissemination, WhatsApp and Facebook seem to be doing pretty good, having meetings with WHO and agreeing on like a common platform to sort of, you know, reel back all the fake news and then push in more positive information. I think that's great in terms of the use of tech. But then what other platforms do you think um, are making a stride possibly um, in, in the fight? All right. Um, so we've seen a lot of tech. I mean, for example, um, if you think of uh, Singapore, for example, had a telehealth, um, telemedicine platform used by over one million people. Wow. And what the tech is doing, like just um, what it said, it's making sure you're not putting people at risk, right? So it's decentralizing the care. People are comfortable being at home and speaking to doctors in the morning, doctors checking in on them and checking in back in in the evening, right? That's one area that you see tech being being used. You look at even trying to find a cure, right, for all the vaccines. Um, Microsoft, Google coming together with the U.S. government and saying, we have computing power. Anyone working in epidemiology, trying to understand this disease, trying to model anything, instead of waiting for a month, we have computing power that can do this in, in one day. Um, deploying all those, um, China's deployed AIs, um, checking people's temperatures, um, tracking the spread of disease, and a whole host of, of those things have, have really been done. People are, if you look, Canada just rolled out something that is asking people to just stay at home and you, you do a charge. And so 
Are you feeling the symptoms? Have you come into contact with this person? And then it tells you, okay, you'll be fine. Stay home. You don't need to come to the hospital. Like, mm. Using technology to sort of like triage all that. Um, there's there's a whole a whole host more. Um, I think Patrick might want to talk about the diagnostics, um, what they've done with the diagnostics part as well. Sure. Yeah. It 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 really plays into a lot of that. The the idea of how do you reduce risk and how do you reduce transmission. Mm. Um, balancing that with the fact that you do need to test people and and you need to make sure that you understand just how how widespread this is. And so there's been some interesting innovations on the side of. Uh, the drive-through testing that had a lot okay. of success in South Korea and, mm. and now is being leveraged in the U.S. I know and I've seen also some the the walk-up version of that phone booth testing um, designed to uh, again allow healthcare workers to be safe uh, while testing a lot of people to allow people to get tested but minimize uh, exposure to other people mm. and transmission uh, along those lines. And then you're seeing some more purely digital options of that. And, and this is, goes on to the triage that, that both my colleagues have mentioned, which is uh, how can you uh, monitor people when they're in their home using just digital self-reporting mechanisms uh, so that uh, you, you can triage and determine where intervention needs to come, who needs to come in for testing, or can you bring testing to them who uh, you know should be actually staying in place and isolating, which would be better for them and for uh, everyone around them, and that's actually what what we've been working on specifically ah. uh, is is trying to build that up for for Ghana. And you've seen it. Google, I think, has pushed out in some markets in the U.S. trying to help people with this, and uh, Canada was was one that uh, uh, we saw had, had recently released so a, a web app. Let's talk about the Ghana situation then. What's exactly happening in Ghana? What exactly are you guys doing? Because I know you guys are knee deep in, in this. So, so let's talk about the Ghana situation and what you guys have been up to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think uh, in, in the Ghana situation, I want to start off by saying how impressed I am with the Ghana Health Service and how quickly they ramped up the information and the data efforts around this. I think it was uh, within 24 hours of the first cases, they have their web portal. Um, yeah, shout out to that page. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. No, we, I mean, we were just talking about it before the show. It, it's just so it's so nice to have a, a place that you know you can go for the latest news uh, from a trusted source, and and uh, and you know that uh, you know you don't have to be trawling around trying to find information on there. Mm -hmm. Uh, and 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 that's going to be key. I think that the data side of it and and being what what it appears to be from other countries uh, that are a bit f further into this is the more the more testing you can do uh, and the the more you can reduce exposure, the better off you're going to be. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so uh, what we've been looking at here is how can we support uh, how can we support the public health workers with uh, with this data? How can we give more insights, not necessarily just on tests confirmed, but all the self-reporting symptoms that can be done? And so today we launched a self-reporting uh, portion of our app where anyone can go to uh, our webpage and uh, they can input their phone number, they can uh, share their location, ideally, uh, put their age in, and they can self-report. Am mm. I having a sore throat? Do I have a sore throat? Do I, have I been having shortness of breath? They can put all this information in, report it, and uh, now we're collating that, and we can share that with uh, with government and with health professionals, uh, so that they can see uh, where where cases are happening, literally on a map is is the idea here, as well as be able to follow up with anyone that they want to follow up, and so th that's where we've uh, decided we could leverage our existing health platform. 
to, to best help help them. So basically, this is anybody, anywhere in the country. All they need to do is just visit the portal and answer a couple of questions. And based on, I'm guessing, all the data you've collected from around the world in terms of the symptoms, people will be able to see whether they should be worried, who they should call. So we, ha we haven't gone that far yet. Okay. I think that's, that's something we would love to do. But that's something, again, going back to the validated solutions. Yeah. It's something we, I'm, as much as you called me one, I appreciate it. I'm not a doctor and, uh, and, and we're not going to give that advice. Right. right now, we're calling on people to self-report for the community. Do this so that the government has the clearest picture. We want Ghana to have the best idea of what symptoms are happening in- And where. Where, exactly, uh, of any country in the world. And if we have that information, you can do so much with that, right? Um, but uh, you know, if, if government uh, with the, uh, the Ghana Health Service, if they're interested, we would love to then uh, work with them to say, okay, what are some guidelines? If people have these symptoms, should we be telling them, uh, you know, immediately you need to call 112? Hmm. Or if, uh, if it's these symptoms, we could be telling them at home. But that's somewhere where we didn't want to step over that. Right, right. now, we're all about helping them get the data. That's what we that's, want to start with. So what's, what's the web portal? Because I'm guessing everybody's waiting yeah, for that. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's covid19.redbird.co. So that's C-O-V-I-D-1-9. Correct. Dot redbird. That's R-E-D-B-I-R-D. Correct. Dot co. Dot C-O. C-O. Okay. Redbird. Okay. So it is C-O-V-I-D-1-9 dot R-E-D-B-I-R-D dot C-O. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Basically, just go there, just answer the questions, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and do your part. It's really about, uh, this is about, if, you, if you're having symptoms, please do report there because we'll, uh, we're looking to share this with the government so that they can, they can work with it. Nice one. Nice yeah. one. I mean... Yeah, I mean, um, Patrick has said it all. Um, our goal here is, um, <laughs> our goal here is, um, like I said, be ahead of the disease, right? Um, we, we've started seeing community spread, and um, one of the things that the other countries that have taken the lead in this, um, we've, lessons that we've learned from them is that um, the testing is not enough. Um, so you, you're getting to a point where people are getting sick and people don't know because we don't have enough testing. So our goal here is let's help the government let's help get ahead of these so that we start seeing where these are happening are people having symptoms i mean you can report every day right so if in the way there are changes if there are changes right mm -hmm. and that those are like the key things that we we want to 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 be able to um highlight and support the government with or like the Ghana help service with um there are the schools schools of thought that said okay if china had this earlier if we had known this earlier if we've seen this earlier in december we could have um limited it to wuhan Right. I mean, by the time we started realizing and started testing for people with COVID-19, it had already spread and it's, it's all over. So that is one of the things that we are doing. And, um, as the week goes on, like we are very positive um, with the contacts that we have within the Ghana Health Service um, to, to get that and share that data and then move ahead um, to the next steps. There are more exciting things that um, I think other countries are doing. But yeah. Edward, I'm sure people will be at home wondering, is this safe? Oh, my God. I'm sharing my phone number. Mm -hmm. Is it safe? Like, walk us through what is safe mm -hmm. and why people should trust this platform. So this is, uh, again, one of the reasons that this got us excited in the first place is because, uh, as Patrick was saying, this is leveraging 
um, the relationships that we already have in the community. Right. Um, again, like I think Andrew, you, you can correct me here if I'm wrong, but I think we're, we're closing in, you know, we're over 200 pharmacies in terms of uh, relationships that we have with local community pharmacies, both here in uh, Accra and then also in Kamasi, uh, which is the other office that we have there. And so in terms of when we started, you know, we, we were expanding uh, the pharmacy's capability to offer uh, basically people to get key rapid diagnostic tests and get information quickly mm. and not have to go to hospitals or to go to clinics, which get the same data and, and everything's fine, but then you're able to get that in a much more convenient fashion. Right. And we've built that over, you know, I guess it's amazing how the time crawls on you, but uh, August, you know, 2018, and I think Andrew and Patrick, even when they were doing the first pilot pharmacies, uh, even earlier than that. And so we have these relationships with pharmacies, and then also that you know goes on to um, the people that uh, that are registered with these pharmacies and trust these pharmacies. And so our platform already has the ability for you to control the access to your data mm. to say like I want you know these these groups of people, that group of people, to have control to this type of thing. So we didn't see COVID nineteen as a problem, and then say oh okay, well we can do software, so we're we're parachuting in. Right. Um, this is something where we saw all right, we already have a platform. The, the Ghana Data Protection Act, uh, if I'm saying that correctly. Mm -hmm. um, and then also, uh, you know, we made really strong controls around um, making sure that the data, the health data that we have is something that is uh, anonymized in terms of what we have um, that's given before. COVID-19 is a little bit different in the sense that, um, you know, the, the real value of the data is that um, people can actually, you know, contact and follow up. And I think people would want that too, right? Because if you report these type of symptoms, we want to be able to provide something for the person doing the reporting and be able to say, okay, all right, I, I know that, that, you know, Ghana Health Services on top of things, they know what's going on. They'll be able to sort of help. Um, and so that's, that's the reason that we think that um, uh, we're a partner that uh, is worthy of people's trust. Um, again, that's always a decision that's uh, uh, not in our hands. But, uh, again, it comes from the fact that uh, we've been doing this uh, and we've been in communities um, since uh, we got started back in uh, – all right. So the platform once again is covid19.redbird.co. Mm -hmm. That's the platform. That's yeah. It. Going through it once again, covid19.redbird.co. I'm just going to ask that you go through once again what people are going to do on the platform and how it's going to help us in the fight against COVID-19. Sure. So when you uh, go to that page, the first thing you'll see is a request for your phone number and agree to terms. And so the phone number is so that uh, in the case that uh, someone in the Uganda Health Service does uh, think that follow-up needs to happen, they're able to follow up. Uh, so after you input your phone number, uh, it'll, it'll verify uh, that, that that is a, a correct phone number and then bring you on to the next page where it's going to collect a little bit of information and uh, first names, last name, your uh, birth year, birth date type information. The birth year is very important because it is something that uh, help will help uh, the Ghana Health Service to identify risk as we know this uh, affects older people much more seriously. Uh, so, so out of that, uh, we definitely need the birth year. The other information is optional and you don't have to. Uh, you don't have to input it, although it, it does make it easier for follow-up. Mm. After that, uh, you'll see very similar to what you see if you were to fly into Ghana and uh, the cards they had at the airport asking you to report uh, symptoms that you may have had uh, in the in the last uh, several days. And so shortness of breath, fever, um, coughing, things like this. 
Uh, it's, it's as simple as ticking yes or no to each of those. Uh, and then the final uh, two questions are whether you've traveled within the last 14 days and how many people are uh, in your compound and in, in where you live. Just to give, again, Ghana Health Service an idea of you know, how, how, uh, yeah, how many other exposures there might be there. Uh, and then and then submit and that's it and uh, and, and that's uh, that then comes to, to our side and we're able to collate that and, and look at the data in, uh, in that bulk way is there at any point in time where we could probably get a map you know that yes so sorry the the one thing I didn't say is it will at some point unless you've auto enabled uh, GPS uh, sharing okay. uh, it will ask you if you uh, will share your location when you're submitting it it is not required, but we are uh, asking that people really do it because, it yes, helps. this map could be huge. I mean, imagine if, if the health service had a map of hotspots of every different potential symptom. Targets. Yep. Exactly. They could identify neighborhoods where maybe they need to put more more effort mm -hmm. uh, to, to help with the diagnosis. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Well, you heard it there. That is um, the platform. And this is right here, built right here. It wasn't yeah. built anywhere. It was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Go ahead, Evan. Go ahead. Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's, it's <laughs> let, let, let yes, the tech speak for itself. <laughs> Look, we do really want, we want to take this point to, to thank the people who really put a lot of effort behind it. Um, and because this was built here by Ghanaian developers, specifically uh, Gerald Farin and uh, Edward Ba. Uh, they, uh, we turned this around in a week. It was a concept a week ago. Um, and these these two guys uh, got excited about it. Uh, they're, they they just said yes, we want to do this. We want to help, and they spent you know all of their extra time, their weekends doing this. Uh, fantastic work on their side. Yeah, and we week. couldn't have done it without them. In a week. In a yeah, week. in a week. Um, we 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 showed up on Monday, and Patrick called a meeting, and said um, we've got to do something. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And you yeah. did something. Yeah, yeah. You definitely did something. Yeah. Well, um, the, so the platform once again, or the web portal once again, is covid one nine dot r e d b i r d dot c o. So please visit the platform. Just yeah, just very very simple. Um, 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 very simple questions. Um, if you go onto Twitter right now, we've shared the link um, on CTFM's Twitter handle. So please just go out there, check it out, fill out the form. Look, this these are the only ways we can fight this together. You know, we're not supposed to be going out, but from the comfort of your home, you can actually just fill these things out. You can do it every day, you know, like the guys in the studio are saying. And over time, if there is a need for the Ghana Health Service to be able to get access to this, to be able to see where the potential hotspots are, it makes it much easier. This is the whole point of technology. Um, it's just to help make some of these things much easier so we can solve our problems. And a big, big thank you to the team at Redbird. Um, Thank you guys so much for, for coming and for doing this. I can't believe you guys did this in a week, but kudos to you um, and the rest of the team that actually put this together. But before you guys um, take leave of us, um, just wanted um, any of you, either Patrick or Andrew or Edward, to just tell us once again, what exactly does Redbird do? Um, do you release birds in the sky? Or <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, and so <laughs> thanks, I think it's... Um, so um, at Redbed, actually, um, what, what we, we've set out to build is um, sort of convenient healthcare for people. Mm -hmm. um, we are looking to give people um, access to the things that they need, the tools that they need to stay healthy, stay on top of their health. Um, this actually came up because um, we realized that before COVID, uh, we had diabetes and hypertension all up um, in and, and shooting up. And 
to be on top of your health, what you needed to be doing was you needed to regular checkups in the hospitals, um, and checking up on your blood pressure, sugar, and all the all the other chronic stuff. So we we came up with the idea of let's put these rapid tests in pharmacies so that people can actually just walk to your neighborhood pharmacies because um, if you live in Ghana, like you you see pharmacies all around you, people could actually just walk into the pharmacies, get tested, and then we backed it up with a technology. Um, piece right and that is what makes it sticky you're able to not only have a number at any given time but then at any time that you come back you have history so you see for example you see your blood sugar level and you see whether it's going up or whether it's going down and when you do come up um, for your next appointment with the doctor which we really want you to keep you're showing up as a patient with more information than what what you'd have um, if you showed up in in just a day um, we've had situations where people would show up in a hospital without any history of what has happened between the month. And then, and at that case, it makes the decision-making at a clinic um, not as, as good as you wanted. So this is Redbed trying to connect people, making life convenient um, before COVID. And then COVID says, hold my beer. And we said, okay, <laughs> we've got it. We'll drink it. <laughs> well, they have been sipping at the table with COVID and fighting COVID as best as they can. Thank you, gentlemen, so much Thank for you. making time to join us. You heard in the studio there Patrick Beatty, um, who is a CEO of Redbird, Andrew Crow, who is um, the the COO at Redbird and Edward Grandstaff, who is a CTO at Redbird. Gentlemen, thank you so much once again for joining us. Well, the show continues and we are going to have our segment. Coming up now is the app segment of the show with Jeffrey Oriokusapong. Well, we are getting into the app segment of the show with Jeffrey Rekusapong. Jeffrey, well, good evening. Good evening from the other side. From the yeah. <laughs> I know. So, um, if 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 you don't get it, well, in the studio we've sort of mounted um, a glass barrier between um, where the host sits and um, where the guest sits, and um, just to the and and then separates the guests as well. You know, yeah. just to limit the Ellen, interaction the and everything. Side. So, Ellen, please sit all the way on the other side. side. Yes. Social um, distance. A big shout out to birthday boy, Mr. Entry. Today's his birthday. Um, he's out chilling, so he's not in the studio with us today yeah, say hi to for us. <laughs> but um jeffrey um what do you have for us okay. today so um an app that's become very popular lately zoom zoom yes 
Yes, I've heard a lot about Zoom. Yeah, right now, as soon as they talk about um, virtual meetings came up, Mm -hmm. that's the app that everyone is using right now. I mean, Bernard used it to do an interview of the Ghanaian ambassador to China. Which was played back on TV on Monday. Yes, point of view on Monday. Mm -hmm. So, Zoom, voice, um, audio meetings, video meetings, instant messaging. That's the app for you. Mm. It has a you can get access to it on web too, so it's not just mobile. So when you go and look for it, what you find is Zoom Cloud Meeting. If you type just Zoom, you may find something else. But what you should be looking out for is Zoom Cloud Cloud Meeting, meeting. and that is the app for you. If you have any meeting, whether it's church meeting, any youth group meeting, just go in there, set up your account. Generate a, a link after you've told, you've told the app what time you want to do the meeting and then share it with your people. They, all they have to do is also get their account, get access through that link, mm. and they are good to They're go. Good to you go. have your meeting. That's it. If you don't want your people to see your face, just switch off the, the video. The camera off. And no one will see you. No, but um, um, one of the things I really like about Zoom is exactly that, just allowing people to have all these virtual meetings mm. and i have seen quite a number of people using it in very different uh, very interesting yeah. ways um i think lic this week for example or last week use it for a church meeting mm. you know and so different people using it in all sorts of different ways and yeah. i think it's really, really incredible you can use it once you get to understand what the platform is able to do um you can use it for literally anything mm-hmm. if for example you have a sales team um, and you know the sales team cannot be there physically. You can set a meeting. You know we have a sales meeting at ten o'clock. Everybody is logged in. You know you have your meeting. Everybody gives their updates. You can attach files. Mm. There's a chat section and everything. And yeah. you know you're you're good to go. It's literally like you were in a meeting. The best advantage, of course, is that it's virtual, and you don't have to COVID yourself, basically. <clears throat> so, stay safe, everyone. Yes. Uh, Remember social distancing. Use the apps. You know, use the apps. Stay away as much as you can. It's better you stay safe and when everything is over, you go say hi to that person you love than going now and putting the person at risk. Mm. So, Phil, that's all. So that's the app that we have uh, for you uh, this (laughs) week. Um, Zoom happens to be the app. So please go check it out if... Um, especially for those of you who um, need to have all these meetings, even if you're a church, even if you are, no matter what society you are, um, if you need to have a meeting with multiple individuals at any point in time, um, Zoom is a great app. So please do check it out and um, let's know, you know, what your feedback is on that. And now we are getting to your tech. Now your tech basically is exactly that. Your technology, the technology that you are, you have with you, um, if you're having any issues with it, basically this is a segment of the show where we discuss that and ellen dapa is the one who hey, has hey, been on top hey, of that what's up what's up what's up what's up yeah adiku, it's a COVID adiku. kind of evening what hmm. what what issues did we have this week so ni aite from ablikuma he oh. has a problem connecting his external hard drive to his laptop so he needs help with that let's listen to him hmm. i have a one terabyte hard drive and anytime I connect it to my laptop, it doesn't work. It doesn't show at all. But if I connect it to other laptops, it, sh- it shows. And then um, I sent my laptop to the um, repairer. And after checking, 
they said my ports are okay i insert other drives and it comes but when i still insert my hard drive it doesn't come what should i do so near it has a problem connecting he he the other other ports work or when he fixes pen drives into other ports they work but the external drive it just doesn't work but fortunately we have a solution for him so there we go Niaite, I'll try and answer your question based on the limited facts you have provided. Test your external hard drive on another machine and see if it will work. If it does work, then it means or it is probable that the issue has got to do with the drivers on your laptop. Probably they are corrupted. The easiest fix is to reinstall your Windows operating system software. It might also be that the circuitry for your external hard drive is failing. If this is the case, it defaults to only one USB standard out of three, which can be the issue. So the other option is to take the hard drive itself out of the external case and use a USB um, adapter to slave it to your laptop and see if that works. If it works, it means that the issue has got to do with your USB external hard drive case. Just get another one and that will be it. I hope so me there you have it. I think we've given so many options. One would definitely work for you. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> well, me, um, I, I do hope you can try out some of the solutions that we've proffered for you. Um, let's know if any of them work. Um, and, um, you know, at least hopefully other people will have benefited from mm -hmm. you sending through your question there. So um, if you want to get in touch um, with Ellen, in case you might So have get in touch with me on Twitter. The handle is E-A-Dapa. The Dapa is D-A-P-A-A-H-E-A. Dapa. Right, right. And um, if you want to get in touch with Jeffrey as well with any mobile applications you want him to check out as well. Um, so my Twitter handle is OJ Sapon. O-J-S-A-R-A-O-J-S-A-R-P-O-N-G. OJ Sapon. City 97.3. Accra. So you realize that you've misplaced your purse. Does your bank help you with that? Because when you have that... I can't believe it. I've lost my card. Moment. You can use the First National Bank mobile app to block your order a new one. You can also report any fraudulent activity on your account anytime, 24-7. And if you need cash, you can still withdraw at any First National Bank ATM without a card just by using the banking app. So you'll always have access to your money when you need it. See, it takes a bank that does more to help your family. So who is helping yours? First National Bank. How can we help you? City 97.3. More variety.
And now it's time for us to get into the very final segment of the show. This segment is known as a trending segment. And this is where we try to bring you up to date with um, all the you know big tech stories from over the course of the week. And quite a number of things have come up, but then most of them have been overshadowed, of course, by COVID-19. So Jeffrey and Ellen will be helping us with that since birthday boy is on break. Um, yeah, all the best to him. Well, let's get into some of the biggest tech stories of the week Jeffrey. so i'm starting with um instagram yes now instagram has brought a new feature called video co-watching video co-watching yes so um this is supposed to help with social isolation so um basically what it does is that when you co-watch if i am doing it with you we will watch the same thing you know, a sort of helping with the companionship, virtual companionship. Wait, oh. so like what? I'm watching something. I'm watching something that's live. Right. And, and then we I, are. I join you inside. Then oh. You watch with me as my co-watcher. It's like a watch party on Facebook yes. type thing. Oh. <laughs> At oh. least you know you keep me company on Instagram. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, for those of you who have been isolated, yeah. um, this will be the perfect <laughs> app for you. You can share what you're watching with the rest of the world. So, uh, w- w- this is on which platform on again? Instagram. Instagram. Yes. So, yeah. IG has... The new feature a- is called Co-Watching. Co-Watching. I mean, they're the same company, so you can yeah. expect them to share resources like that. So, Co-Watching on Instagram now. Mm-hmm. Sort of similar to what you have um, with um, Facebook, Facebook, you know, where, you know, you can start a watch party basically mm. but it's kind of exciting on ig because of the kind of content that is shared on yeah, ig so it makes it a little different oh not bad not bad any any other stories though? um so twitter has decided to donate one million dollars wow to what? towards journalism in this period oh now considering all the fake news yes now it's donating this amount to two organizations mm. committee to protect journalists and international women's media foundation mm. so that every work that they are doing towards reporting on COVID 19 they will use this amount to support mm. the work this is in addition to the updates that they've been giving from various parts of the world on the virus yeah so when you go to this part where you search before you get to your trends you will see that they have information on COVID-19 before everything else. Nice. So in addition to that, now they are donating $1 million to these two organizations to help them in reporting on the virus. That's pretty cool. Mm. That's pretty cool. Putting money where it is needed. Yeah. Especially in these times where a lot of reporters don't have a lot of money to do a lot of mm, investigative exactly. work. I think I think it's... it's mm. Yeah. You know, the the billionaires are not so bad. Jack Ma doing everything he did last mm-hmm. week with the donation of the masks and everything. Like, and you know, it's not too terrible. Facebook also announced last week that it was donating two tranches of $1 million to news organizations for the same thing, wow. reporting on coronavirus. Wow. Wow. I mean, a part of me wishes a lot of this money will go to healthcare professionals and frontline healthcare yeah. professionals because they are the ones most at risk and quite a number but of them don't really have the insurance and everything Phil, but but one think thing is you've noticed that most of the attention has been on 
frontline health workers. Yes. Forgetting that the media yeah, also course. plays a part where without the media, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. misinformation will be going on so much. Mm-hmm. The same people the health workers are trying to protect will be put more at risk. Yeah, but I mean, these healthcare workers, these are the people who are saving their lives. Like, we are just reporting about the dead people. No, but they are the not ones just who reporting. are standing are with the, the sick people trying to save their but lives. But there are times where you also have to go to where the news is and then get the news from, the reports from there. So right. you're also at risk. Well, I guess so. Yeah. I guess so. And when you look at it like that, mm-hmm. yeah. But I just, I don't know. Like, especially with the case of Italy and how many healthcare yeah. professionals are dying in Italy. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's really depressing. One, to think that... Like, over 700 people dying in a day, for yeah. example, and sometime on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Their masks and stuff are short, so yeah. they have to repeat the old ones that they've been using. When you think Which about complicates the matter yeah. for them it's it's a very dire situation and it's great that these tech companies are chipping in yeah. um, so one more thing two companies gofundme and yelp mm. have come together to help businesses that are struggling in uh this time right so um the gofundme the two announced today that the partnership will help local businesses in the u.s raise money while they are closed or offering limited service. So that through the partnership, you'll be able to donate to restaurants, fitness clubs, night nightlife sports, and beauty parlors. So if any of these places, these organizations have um, a Yelp page, mm. when you go there, there'll be a button that will let you donate to them. Now, the reason why I'm bringing this story is if we had something like that in Ghana here, mm. we know how much business would be suffering in this period so if we had something like that on any of the platforms so that people would donate to these businesses to help them stay afloat it yeah. would be very nice anyway <laughs> um i don't i don't i just I, it's just very difficult like in this time mm. to find anything to be totally extremely excited about but yeah. it's stories like this that kind of make you feel like it's not too bad. It's yeah. just not too bad. But one of the other stories that came up last week that we um, very late was, um, of course, iPad Pro mm. launch of the new iPad Pro with a new um, keypad that, depending on how you fold it, allows the iPad Pro to sort of levitate. Kind of, it's it's pretty cool. Um, just you know, just check out the blogs, check out citynewsroom.com um, for the stories about that. But then the 2020 iPad Pro was launched um, last week. Um, pretty pretty interesting stuff. Um, there's an 11 inch one and there's a 12.9 inch um, iPad Pro. Um, they also have 3D scanning camera technology inputted into it, so it's pretty pretty good. And of course, there was also the launch of a new MacBook. Air. I don't know why anybody would buy a MacBook Air anymore, considering the iPad Pro is literally like um, the MacBook Air, but all the best to you if you are still buying MacBook Air. But I think that you should just commit all your funds to buying an iPad Pro. It makes so much more sense. And of course, if you have a MacBook, you can use as an extra screen. But all of that later. Um, that is all time will allow us on the show today. Uh, my name is for the Pashon was here with Jeffrey and um, of course Ellen and our the technician. It's, it's been great coming your way. A big thank you to the team from Redbird um, and all the work they're doing to help fight coronavirus. Next week we're going to look at the educational side of things and what some of you can do or use what platforms you can use to help educate the people around you, your kids, your school children, whichever one it is. Um, it's going to be a 
a very exciting show but today's show will be available as a podcast first thing tomorrow so please make sure you find it and listen to it again and share it as well my name is for the but till next week stay techy.